All right, guys, on this episode of The Podium, we've got Jason Wygant, otherwise known as Weege. Weege, you're a big wrestling fan, so I would like to know your top three tag team uh, wrestling tag teams of all time, starting with number three, and why. Yeah, no problem. So as a token on this list, it has to put together one of the ridiculous mishmashes of when they would inevitably take two superstar guys that were not tag team people at all and then put them on a tag team together to set up the inevitable collapse and ego problems and have <laughs> them fight each other. Yes. So I, one of the three, I feel, has to illustrate that part of wrestling history. So I will go with my personal favorite uh, when the uh, mega powers exploded. You knew when they teamed up Hulk Hogan and Macho Man Randy Savage with Miss Elizabeth in between them that it was just a giant one-year setup for Hogan to eventually destroy Macho Man. Yes. And that's exactly what happened. But that was the highest arc, I think, of the two guys who had no business being together, <laughs> only being together to set up breaking up. Right. So, congrats. Mega, it was the Mega Powers, and then it became the Mega Powers Explode. I, I remember that, that whole thing. That was awesome. I was mm -hmm. uh, pretty young, and I loved it. Let me tell you one of my favorite parts of uh, wrestling ever here at Dark Side. So they used to have this show on NBC. They got big NBC airtimes for wrestling. This is what really helped fuel the growth. Once a month, Saturday, Saturday Night Live would not be on the air. Yep. And they filled it, instead of the repeat, with Saturday Night's main event. So the mega powers were exploding. Elizabeth gets thrown into Hulk Hogan, and they both get brought into the... Um, like the ambulance infirmary in the back of the stadium. Right. And Macho Man is left to fend off all these bad guys by himself. And he's like, where's Hogan? Where's Elizabeth? He's cheating on me right now, and I have to win this match single-handedly. So meanwhile, they have Hogan in the back with Elizabeth, who's now knocked unconscious. They come back from, they go to a commercial. They'd always do this. The, the, the cue is always Vince McMahon saying, this is so out of hand, we got to take a break. We, we'll try to sort it out. Right. They come back from break. Hogan's in the back with Elizabeth just saying, over and over, like 38 times. Oh my God, Elizabeth. Oh my God. Oh my God, Elizabeth. Oh my God. Oh my God, Elizabeth. And he's just saying it over and over. And finally, you hear him say, somebody give me a cue here. Oh, yeah. And then, Mitch McMahon, the ring sign announcer, says, okay, and we're back. We're back here on Saturday night's main event. And then Hogan moves on to his next set of prepared stage lines. <laughs> so he didn't know they were back from commercial yet. Uh, I my favorite. that. I remember that, yeah. situ that, that show, because... I literally still have an episode of that on VHS, and I want to wow. say it was Hogan and King Kong Bundy, and it mm -hmm. was right around the time they did the boxing thing with um, Mr. T and Piper, and so that whole thing yeah. was being set up. Mm -hmm. I still have and Junkyard Dog. I still have that one episode on VHS with all the commercials in between. Yeah, so I totally remember Ooh. that. I love Saturday Night's main event. Yeah, they brought it. They had an hour basically. Yep or maybe it was an hour and a half, and they knew, like, this is our once a month to get in front of a national TV audience. We are bringing everything we've got. Absolutely. No headlocks, no dudes laying on the mat. So that's my, uh, that's tag team number three, the Mega Powers. That's Hogan awesome. and Macho Man. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, number two, uh, another popular one in the era was the British Bulldogs. It was two tiny, short, but super steroided out muscular British guys who would basically get the crap kicked out of them most of the match and be super beat up and hurt, but they'd always find a way to win. People love those guys. Yep. And then amazingly, uh, it was Dynamite Kid, David Boy Smith, and I don't know what happened to Dynamite Kid. He disappeared. And David Boy Smith came back about a year later, probably about 80 pounds heavier, and I swear six inches taller. I don't know how <laughs> he did that. But he came back as a solo guy. Right. And 
I mean, just covered in stretch marks. Like every muscle on his, like his skin could not hold these steroid muscles back. So, uh, God, God rest his soul. Yep. Surprisingly, Davy Boy Smith did not live to a very late age in life. Right. Shocking. Those were that was my number two. That's that's cool. They used to, oh really? Yeah, they used to oh, battle okay. the Heart Foundation. You know, was it uh, Brutus the Barber Beefcake and um, God, what was the blonde guy's name? Um, oh, Greg Valentine. Greg, Greg Valentine. I think that's who they used to battle a lot in the eighties. Think they used to battle a lot. Yeah, and the yeah. Heart Foundation. You know the the arc of tag teams they never last for long, but the Hart Foundation was one of the few that could just was just staying at the top level year after year after year. They were just always good. Usually they'd have some big breakup. They never broke up. They right. were just solid. Yep. What's your number one? Well, the number one, you can slice it any way you want. You call them the Road Warriors. Absolutely. You could also they're also known as the Legion of Doom, but let's be honest, the Road Warriors are what they really are. Um yeah, when they moved to WWF, I think the the name must have been trademarked, so they couldn't call them the Road Warriors. Yeah, they yeah. were the Legion of Doom. Uh, but either way, those two guys, Hawk and Animal, they they were so far ahead of their time. They're by far the best tag team. And if you see some of their interviews and stuff now, it's not cheesy. Like they're solid. Like right. 1984, and they're still right up there. Where a lot of wrestling, you look back and you're like, this is a joke. But those guys were superb. So that's my number one for sure. It, it should be everybody's number one. It's mine. I, I was, yeah, man, I was a big go. Hawk and Animal fan. Um, Starcade on the uh, the scaffold match with the Midnight Express. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, that was that was the early days when I first got into it. You know, back then WWF was the big thing, and I didn't know anything about. Uh, all of a sudden, one day that I saw the the NWA and the Road Warriors were on there. I think it was against Ravishing Rick Rude and. Somebody else, you know, and then I just fell in love with those guys and started following NWA. I became a big NWA guy because of the Road Warriors. Yeah, I was wondering. So you are, are you Texas all along? Are you Texas No, so I, I was a military okay. brat. So I, I was in Southern oh. California, and then we moved to Hawaii. Mm-hmm. And when we lived in Hawaii, oh. we got WWF, NWA, and the AWA. And I became, my, my number three was actually the Midnight Rockers, Shawn Michaels, Marty Jannetty. Those were, you know, I so I got all, and I got the UWF, I think it was, with, like, that was back, Ted DiBiase was in there, and, um, oh, God, the guy from the Ultimate Warriors Warriors started there. Yes, yes, and Sting, they were tag team partners, and then they had, um, I think Duggan, Hacksaw Jim Duggan might have been in there, and the the guy from, the Oklahoma Sooner football player, Dr. Death Steve Williams. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so I got all that stuff as a kid, and I, we would go to the different matches in Hawaii, and I, I got to see Barry Windham and Jimmy Superfly Snuka and all that good stuff. So I, I grew up, I, I remember, you know, watching Saturday Night's main event and being scared, like thinking it was real, that Hogan was going to lose and just... Oh, me too. Yeah. Like, I'd be nervous all day. Yeah, I'm yeah, like, oh, yeah. no, he's got to go against Bundy tonight. It could be over. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yep, mm-hmm. yep. So. Like game seven. I was asking where you were from because... Which is so strange to imagine this now. It's like a different time altogether. In those days, wrestling was still pretty regionalized. And depending on where you lived, you had no clue right. that any of this was going on. So unlike anything else in the world, like the, whoever was playing in the World Series or the Super Bowl that year, everyone knew. Sure. But it's hard to believe that in, you know, as recently as maybe the mid-1980s, depending on where you live, you had no clue these other federations even existed and these other wrestlers existed. You only knew your guys and your stretch of the country. Exactly. Uh, yeah. I'm from the Northeast, so that was where WWF started. So I always was able to keep up on that, but we didn't know that that wasn't what everyone was seeing at the time. It right. eventually took over, but yeah, I don't even know, man. If, 
it was like a guy like Jerry Lawler, right? It was like the man for 20 years and no one no. outside of Tennessee had ever even heard of him. <laughs> right. I guess I was fortunate that being a fan as a kid, mm-hmm. I got to see pretty much all those big organizations as they came together and, you know, learning. Like I thought WWF was everything until I found the NWA and I love the Four Horsemen and just, I, I yep. like those guys that their storylines better. Nikita Koloff, man, I became a big Nikita Koloff fan as a kid. So, yeah. Well, Weeds, yep. man, I really appreciate yep. you taking a few minutes. I know how busy you are, and um, man, I, I figured if I asked you about wrestling, I could get a few minutes of your time. And... <laughs> there you go. There you and, go. And yeah, I, if you want to ask some motocross stuff someday. Yeah, we'll get yeah, we'll good. get you back on when you get some time. I know you're doing, you know, all the other, you've got your own podcast, which, by the way, I love, absolutely love your podcast. I think it's fantastic. So, yeah. Yeah, bro, I'm feeling the pressure just like you. It's hard to make these things happen. You know what I mean? You gotta get the right people at the right time. For us, because we're we're, nobody knows who we are, Harley. So, well, I shouldn't say that. It's growing. Ours is growing. Yes. We're getting, you know, we're we're getting guys easier. But the big names, the 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 Muskins and the Tomax, those are difficult to come by. Yeah, yeah. You know, it is just they might know me, and that might make it easier. But overall, you still need schedules to mesh. Sure. So it never gets easy. Yeah. Maybe it's easier. I'll give you that. Well, so good luck. And I, and I have a day job. I'm literally pulled off the side of the road right now. My day job doing this. So <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, uh, Don't tell anybody. No, no. But hey, Weeds, thank you so much, and I look forward to seeing you at Millville, man. Okay. Yeah, I'll see you then. Okay. Thanks, right buddy. Take care. All right. All right. Yep. Bye. Bye.